the Charlton Daily. A Scotland Euro 2020 podcast by Hockey the Hack. It's the Tartan Daily and we're back. And back with me today is Mr. Stephen Carlin. I can't believe that we're at a dozen of these episodes, mate. It's tight time is flying. And I have missed doing the Tartan Daily yesterday due to internet issues at this hotel. So I'm going to treat you today. We're doing a double header one after the other. So first off, we've got Stephen and then we've got Mr. Adam Miller, old firm facts himself is coming on. Um, so we're going to start off with Stephen, and I thought you did the player ratings with me against the Czech Republic. It I did again, mate. Uh, but I think it's, it's going to be a much happier bunch of ratings this time. I think that's safe to say, isn't it? It's, it's safe to say. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a player in particular that uh, absolutely slated by me that is now going to receive possibly the the highest rating I'm probably ever going to give. So um, I wonder yeah. who that might be. No spoilers here. Um, mate, first off, I want to ask you, how did you watch the game? Like, how'd it go? This is So this is the first actual pod I've done since the game. I did like a wee poem the day after, and then I didn't have any problems yesterday. So this is the first time I've had to bask in the glory of the best nil-nil draw in history. Like, I'm just, I'm still buzzing, mate. I'm not going to lie, I'm still buzzing. London is still buzzing as well. Like, there's still Scottish folk kicking about. And they changed the city, mate. Like, London is one of these places that's this big, vast urban metropolis, right? And normally it's like everyone's in a rush. There's, I don't know, it's like it's not the most interreactive of cultures in London. Mm-hmm. It's like normally if you're going to, you stick to your own group, all that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's just been flipped in its head. Everybody's seen the videos on social media. Everybody's seen Scotland fans. My personal favourite uh, was saying you're just a bleep. Rabbi Burns singing that at the William Shakespeare statue. Outstanding. I enjoyed that. I, enjoyed that, I have to say. Um, there was there was a couple of other chants maybe within the stadium that I, that I liked about Tyrone Mings being called a bleep Grant Hanley. Uh, resist thinking that that was a topper. Um, to be honest, but no, listen. Whoa, what a what a game! I, I covered it live um, for a for a. Um, it's called pass the mic and. Um, right. Possibly one of the hardest things I've had to do is remain professional during it because I, I kept on getting a I can't I can't explain I kept on like wanting to blurt things out and that I couldn't <laughs> um, but I did let myself down at the end because when the the final whistle went I just absolutely lost it um, and and people can laugh at that and I I have seen people saying well you know what, what are these what are these people celebrating a draw for um. Listen, it was a vital point for, for Scotland and to do it in Wembley. And I think the last time that there was a nil-nil draw uh, at Wembley was a uh, 2010 World Cup qualifier or it was in 2010, it was against Montenegro, I believe. So it doesn't happen at Wembley a lot. That, well, I'm liking that. You're getting in there early on with the like, high rateable value points of view, which I like. Do you know one? I, I was in a thing for Football Joe, um, like joe.co.uk. Yeah. And the, the lad that was on me, Ruben Pinder, he pointed out there was two Champions League winners in the park and they were both playing for Scotland. And I was like, ah, yes, I didn't even think of that, which is uh, superb. Andy Robertson and Billy Gilmer, obviously. So 
I, I mean, both of them were brilliant. Captain, just looks every inch a Scotland captain. Love the way he came out and defended his troops after the game. And Billy Gilmer, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the superlatives once we get into the nitty-gritty of the ratings. But yeah. I did, so did you enjoy your experience of watching the game? I didn't know you were actually doing something work-wise, mate. Um, anyone that's doing anything work-wise... I'm just so delighted, like for, for them, because that—that's what you should be doing around this. It's why I started this podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. And listen, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I—I I thought Scotland played better than England, and people could I say, "I mate." Like we were much the better team. People can say, "Well, no, they didn't. This was a poor England team. This was not a poor England team." And I'm not having. You don't have a poor England team, mate. Like, Talent-wise, they are stacked. It's probably the best England team there's been since uh, perhaps the, the golden generation of uh, Scholes, Lampard, Beckham, uh, etc. You know, they've got guys like Phil Foden, who was their danger man, was pocketed by Motherwell's very own Stephen O'Donnell. Raheem Sterling tearing it up in the Champions League and the Premier League, pocketed by Motherwell's Stephen O'Donnell. Harry Kane was kept out of the game by Grant Hanley from Norwich, and they're saying that, that this was a poor England team. It was not I mean, we don't we don't throw shade at Norwich on this podcast, but just just point that out. Um, <laughs> no, never, never. No, amazing one. It, it was truly one of the the best performances I've seen um, from a Scotland team against, uh, and, I, and I'm going to pay compliment to them a high class opposition, and I, I think this is a. This is now a turn, not not a turning point, but it's a defining moment under Steve Clark, where we're starting to really see how much these players play for him. And he set the game plan, and they executed it to perfection. And I, I don't think there's any any greater compliment a manager can receive than when his players go out and, and play for him one hundred percent. That is absolutely it. That was one of the lines in my poem that the 11 men stuck to Steve Clark's game plan. Absolutely right. And if you've not checked out that poem, by the way, it's two and a half minutes of your life, but I hope you enjoy it. That's down as episode 10. Um, I, I, I'm still delirious, mate. So the way that I watched it was in a pub. But it was like a pub in London and it was set up for the football and there was England fans on the other side of us and they were like chatting out, let's go, let's get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> Andy, I'm proud that Grant Hanley is my club's captain as well. Good stuff. Andy snack in there with the comments saying Hanley was fantastic. Proud he's my club's captain too. <laughs> um, I, uh, I like the, the England fans, just like, see to be honest, their chanting is just rotten. Like, it's just no is imaginative, no is funny, just no is good. Like, we are better at that. We are better at that. Scottish football fans generally, and Scottish gig fans, Scottish crowds, right, are just better at being yeah. a crowd and supporting something. You have know you what I mean? Have you seen the, the thing on YouTube where it's an American reacts to Scottish crowds versus <laughs> English crowds? Have you seen it? Because that's mental. Um, and tell you what, the English English fans think that they're something they've, they've not met a Scottish crowd that, that will ever, you know, sort of be defeated because uh, our fans um, in our game of a, uh, it's, a it's, it's different, do you know that? Because it's so raw, it's so emotive, you know, the passion bleeds through and you, you hear it, whereas down in England, it's the Prawn Sandwich Brigade, it's Scotland get battered everywhere they go, even though they don't, it's the football's coming home, even though it's not. It's just boring. <laughs> it's boring. It's juvenile. It's terrible. It's poor. It's boring as well. That Gascoigne goal. It was one of the greatest goals in Euros history, arguably, right? And they've bored me of it. 
Like, yeah. I'm sick of watching it. I'm sick of the dentist chair celebration. Like, don't get me wrong, it was a sick enough for Scotland, but then the passage of time means that you eventually go, oh my goodness, what a moment, what a moment in the yeah. game to do it. All of that kind of stuff. But they've just kicked the bahuki right out it. And yeah. now I'm just like that. <sighs> Nightmare. Um, Phoebe's getting in touch to say, morning, guys. The Scots were brilliant on and off the field. Must be said. Aye, we were. I'm we were. So proud of my country. Said that in the poem as well. It's fans and players alike. Unbelievable, mate. Um, I mean, look at me. I've started talking about it again. <laughs> like My life had kind of gone back to some semblance of normality. And now that I've started talking about this, thinking about this again... I'm just sitting here with absolute cheeser in my face. It's, like, sort, of, it's sort of, it's that feeling I've, I've still, doesn't quite compare to Serbia, of course, but I still have that sort of knot in my stomach where Scotland have actually went and done something, but I suppose it all hinders on Tuesday and is whether or not, you know, we're, we're celebrating this draw for a reason. Um, Folk are going to say this is defeatist, right? But I'm happy now. Like, as long as we don't get absolutely gubbed on Tuesday, right, I, I, I'm happy with how the Euros has gone. If we were going to take one point, it needs to be against England. The only way that this would now be a rotten Euros is if England go on and win it. Whereas, if they don't, then I, I'm, I'm quite happy. Like, is that defeatist or is that realistic? What is it? I mean, but that said, I think we can go and beat Croatia. I mean, Luka Modric is the standout in their team. My worry is Anti Rebic has been rotten in the first two games, so it'd be just like the thing if he turned up against Scotland. But if he's as poor as he's been in the two games, and I mean, touching wood here, but if your defence plays like it did against England, then I have absolute confidence in us going into that game to go and get the win, man. To answer your question, yes, uh, it's very defeatist. Are <laughs> you an Orange fan when you're hitting out with that? Um, oh, <laughs> um, listen, look, Scotland on Tuesday are more than capable of beating Croatia because Croatia are not the team they were three years ago. Uh, they they have Ante Rebic, who hasn't been in the best of form, you know, in this World Cup, uh, this sorry, this Euro Championship. Um, the only threat I really see from Modric is in the centre of the park and on the left hand side, and that's in um, Ivan Perisic and, and Luka Modric. However, I think Scotland are more than capable of dealing with the threat of Luka Modric, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think we have a better midfield three um, than, than, them. than them, and I, I think we have a better, uh, I, I was going to say we have a better left-back, we do have a better left-handed side than Tierney and Robertson, but obviously Perisic will go up on the right, but listen, Stephen O'Donnell kept Foden, Sterling and Grealish quiet, why can he not keep the ageing Ivan Perisic quiet? So, yep. um, it, it's going to be a hard game, but Scotland will know that it'll be in front of a home crowd, and hopefully, and I said this on Monday, last Monday on Go Radio, but hopefully the expectation, people don't put expectations on Scotland to go through, because I think right now, when the expectations are off of us, we will play well. As soon as there's an expectation on us, we will crumble. So people need to keep their emotions in check. Is that really no also defeat a strike? Because I actually think that Scotland team's mentally stronger than that. I think they proved 
their mental strength with the way that they responded to what was pretty barbed criticism after a game against the Czechs where, yes, the result was poor. And that was the point Steve Clark made, the result was poor. He didn't think the performance was that bad. I don't think the performance was that good, but I don't think... I, I think on another day we could easily have got a point out of that game, just like on another day we could easily get three points out of the England game. The you performance, know? the performance was there. Um, it was just the the lack of clinical edge that that Scotland yeah. had, with opposed to the Czech Republic who had it. Um, but the performance wasn't poor. There was some individual performances that, that that were poor. But as a collective, it was a it was a positive performance from Scotland and just unlucky. Um, but going into the England game, uh, and this is where the expectation comes in, no one expected Scotland to go down there and, and get a point. No one expected them to rock up to Wembley and play England off the park, which they did, by the way. They did. Um, you know, so it's just about managing expectations. Don't put unnecessary pressure on the boys. They, I think they know what's at stake. And I think they, they did it in Serbia. They can do it in Glasgow. Um, there, there's no doubt in my mind they'll be able to do it. But it's just about what Scotland team performs and, and shows up on the day. But see the other that, thing as well. See that home crowd. See how energised they're going to be. I mean, against the Czechs, they were good. I think it's yeah. going to be a different level. I, yeah. I, Croatia, I really do. And uh, I'm so excited to see that, to be honest. Like, part of me is wanting to just go up outside Hamden and pay the two and a half grand I'll need for a, a ticket off a tout, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, honestly, like, I don't remember being this happy about Scotland because even the other results we've had, like the win against Italy, the win against France spring to mind, or two wins against France, that I can remember, but it was like, it was... It was part of a qualification campaign. This is a major tournament. And yeah. this is a major tournament where we've come and we've, we've given a performance that I'll remember like yeah. forever more. And it, do you know what, right? It's restored my love of football a wee bit because like what other game could end? Like what other sport could a game end? Nil nil, no goals, and bring so much joy. Like because I'm I'm still delirious, mate. Like, still really, really happy. And I, I I honestly think we've got a good chance. Just before we get into the ratings, which we'll need to do soon, let's just talk about the overall tactical setup. Obviously, having Keenan Tierney back was massive. Yeah. And made a big difference. But see the genius of Steve Clark, right? Fitting a, a midfielder and a left back as the two side centre backs. And what it's done is it gives us this majestic ability to play out for the back. It actually max by playing both players out of position, yeah. it almost maximizes their attributes. That's fantastical. Fantastical. Fantastic tactical <laughs> acumen. That's easy to yeah. say what 10 20 past 10 in the morning. But um no, that is fantastic tactically to, I, to do that, to produce. Okay. I think I said last week on the podcast, maybe, maybe I was wrong, maybe I said it the other day on the, the other thing I was working on, but um, Scott McTominay playing in the defence, I think is, uh, for Scotland, is better than Scott McTominay playing in midfield. Now, don't get me wrong, he's an incredible midfielder, but having the ability to be a ball-playing centre-back because you are natural a midfielder works wonders for Scotland. Um, and, OK, he got caught by Raheem Sterling uh or, or was it Foden? He got caught by one of them early on in the 
the, the England game. But other than that, I don't think he put a foot wrong. A couple of passes, I would have said, I would have given it to someone else. But uh, it, it, it's honestly it, it just Steve Clark having that that sort of foresight to see where these guys can play and how it can benefit the team. I think it's just unrivaled. And I don't think he gets enough credit for it. But then again, I don't think Steve mm. Clark gets enough credit in general. So um, I think he might after this. Like, if you well, look at the last two managerial jobs he's done, they've both been fantastic. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any dispute in that. And to be honest, at West Brom, I think they got a bit bored of the football, right? But he led them to a record Premier League finish the season before he got billeted. So, I mean, he's no that bad a manager, let's be honest. And what an appointment as well. Like, everybody was a bit underwhelmed by the appointment. I said at the time, the one thing I liked about it is he had made a team which has now been relegated, um, but he made them play above their station, so high above their station. There was better Kilmarnock teams in, in seasons before that, didn't he do as well? You know what I mean? Be- better groups of players, I think, in terms of the, the individuals involved. And someone that can make it more than some of the parts is exactly what you need as a Scotland manager. And as far as yeah. I'm concerned, he's got the job as long as he wants it now. The thing you know? about Steve Clark came into the job, you know, people were underwhelmed. I wasn't. Listen, it was we had Alex McLeish that took us to Kazakhstan and get thumped three 0 Nice. I was never, I was never convinced by the appointment after starting to appoint Alex McLeish. I said, I think I tweeted um, when when it was announced, uh, turn the lights out, and you know, last one out, shut the door because it's it's over. But you know, fair fair news, because he did, he got us to that Nations League finish that allowed us to get to to here to where we are obviously we had to go through uh the israelis by the way israel uh, after this nation's league coming up in september october november if we never play israel again it'll be too soon um but then to, to go on to serbia and, and do what we did there it was all a platform built by alex mcleish but i don't think we would have got I don't think we would have got where we are if it hadn't been for Steve Clark. If McLeish had continued on, I don't think we would be where where we are. No, no chance, man. Like uh, I don't think uh, McLeish is the manager he used to be. To be honest, no. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, people will have noticed I've just put the handles up on the screen, which I had removed for another reason, and then forgot to put them back up. You see, at the Stefano talks is Stefan's handle. That's uh, his own podcast. So make sure and go and check that out as well, everybody, because um, it's some really good listening there. But let's get into the nitty gritty of the ratings, mate. Um, we've got half an hour to get through these, which I think is ample. Just quickly before we we go into that, I just want to give. A bit of contrast. So we did the ratings for the Czech Republic game, and I would say like there was a kind of pattern sort of set itself where you would rate the players one less than me. Yeah. Um, you said you were going by a kind of build the the German newspaper style, and uh, then I wasn't. There were a few discrepancies to that rule. Obviously, Stephen O'Donnell was rated poorly. You rated him a three after that game. I gave him a four. Jack yeah. Henry, you gave a six, and I gave a four. That was one of the discrepancies. Yeah. Um, another one was McTominay, who I gave a four. You gave a five. And I'm just looking here. And you gave Dykes a three, which I thought was incredibly harsh. And then I, I gave him a six because I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah. Um, so those were the, the exceptions to the rule there. Uh, I've no actually gone into my full sort of Anorak hold up mode and done an average mean across the ratings, but just looking at it here, I would say it's between five and four, five, or six. 
So let's say maybe run about five yeah. um, for, for them all. So I think the average rating for these <laughs> these players is going to be higher. But I, yeah, I, 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 I got a text after after that podcast saying, I can't believe you gave Scott McTominay a five. He was absolutely rotten. Uh, you know, the, the I, I agree with that person. I thought he was rotten. <laughs> No, honestly, um, Scott McTominay is a different class of player. Yeah, you see it or you don't, but for me, nah, I couldn't, couldn't give him anything below a, anything below a five, but <laughs> it's unmerited, in my opinion. Fair enough, my man. Fair enough. Right, well, anyway, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this. So, David Marshall, in the opening game against the Czechs, uh, you gave him a five, I gave him a six, because I didn't think he was that bad, but he's one big error. Yeah. Um, what are you giving him for Wembley? Um, you know, he, he did a decent game. He didn't have much to do because I think the defence nullified uh, the threat that, that the English had. Um, however, he pulled off, uh, a, uh, I don't want to say sensational because I hate, I hate using a, a hyperbole, but um, I, I pulled off a great save from, from Mason Mount. Um, and it's the only real thing I can really remember him doing. So I, I think it's... I don't want to go over the top. I don't want to go a little bit too low, but I'm going to just go for a six. I think a six is a, a fair because I don't think he had too much to do, but what he did do what was good. But um, listen, it's not it's not a nine or ten rating. Um, no, 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 I don't think it's that. Um, just he, sticking he, to tight, mate. Oh, sorry, he, on you. Sorry, just he was he let himself down. We players would pass the ball back to him, and he would just hoof the ball, and it wasn't working. Um, so it was just giving possession away that allowed England to to retain and rotate possession um, without Scotland really getting up the park. So that that was just my grudge that, that I had against him. But he's obviously been told to do that. But uh, by the by, a six. <laughs> so I'm giving David Marshall. Uh, <laughs> we're getting some nice stuff in the comments there. Tom Ives loving it. Na 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 na. Kenny McLean. Uh, Kenny McLean would be would be great to have there for Scotland. I'm sure he would have been involved if he was available. Nick Miller says Scottish fans were great. Did some great videos uploaded yesterday. We'll be talking a bit more about that when I speak to Mister Fun Facts at eleven o'clock, Nick. So that will be um, that that will be of interest to you, maybe. But yeah, just sticking to type, Stefan. I um, I'm going to give him a seven because I thought he he's an experienced head. He's obviously talking the whole time. He's playing playing an important role in terms of making sure that the back five is is set up the way yeah. that it needs to be positionally, and and it's all of the the kind of intangible elements of being a goalkeeper that I think he, he sort of did really well with. So yeah, seven for, from me for David Marshall, which brings us on to <laughs> the Renaissance man, Stephen O'Donnell. So you gave him such a low rating. In, in that first one, you gave him a three, and I think he was really, really poor against the Czechs. But what character to bounce back for that man! And like his interview where he sort of revealed that he kind of seen everything. I like the mix of sort of vulnerability, but like just headstrongness, saying, Do you know what, you've just got to block it out. And yeah, it's such a spotlight as well for a player who. I mean, he's playing in Scotland, so he's not he's not getting scrutiny of like an English Premier League player or anything like that. So to be thrust into the spotlight in such a way and given such criticism, it, yeah, it, it must be really hard. Like, and and what struck me when I was watching that is he's younger than me, and yeah. I'm thinking I'd struggle to to deal with that folk criticised my work, which is obviously a lot less high profile than what he does. Yeah, I, I'd struggle with that. So. 
I, I just think he was an amazing strength of character, and I'm I'm so proud for him. I'm proud for him, for his family, for everything. It just like genuine emotion there. That I'm happy for the guy. It, it was a real test of of his character because he, he had been thrust into the spotlight, and you know he received I, I think some well levelled criticism, and I think the criticism he got was fair. I think there was some that was over the top, but that you get that all the time. People do go that too far. I don't think giving him a three was too far. I thought I thought he merited it. Um, I, I was going to rate him a one, but I thought that's too harsh. Um, but listen, he, he performed amazingly on uh, Friday night. And as I said, he, he kept uh, Sterling, Foden and Grealish in his back pocket. I don't know. I still no mean feet, by the way. Every one of them a world-class player. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're still trapped in there just now. You probably won't see them against the Czech Republic. <laughs> um, but I, I think he, he performed... In a way that it, he looked like he'd been doing this for years. He looked like a, a skilled pro at being able to to mark world class players out of the game, um, and 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 he did it with an assurance and confidence. And even though he got tired, he still wasn't letting Jack Grealish come in and you know do anything fancy. That he just took him right out of the game with a challenge. And you know, I think this is that that's the desire and the, the sort of heart you want to see. Um, he didn't put a foot wrong all night for me. He had a great shot stopped by Pickford. Had that gone in, you're thinking, oh my God, this guy's not only came back to put on the performance of his life, he's just bet England at Wembley thanks to his goal. Um, but look, realistically, um, it, it was a performance of his career. I, I don't think you know he'll replicate that that kind of performance. It really I was. I he'll have that platform again, will he? Like, no. I mean, he's never going to be in a situation where the eyes are on him as, as readily. And... Yeah. To stand up to that was amazing. It was, and for the performance alone, um, he gets an, an eight out of ten for me. Um, however, for a test of character and put, you know, being able to come back from from what was a lot of criticism that that would test any any person's sort of head, um, he, he gets a ten out of ten for me on on that level. But uh, performance based, eight out of ten. So I'll tell you what, do you want me to round that up to a nine? Based no. on no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um you're such a harsh taskmaster, Mr. Stephen Carlin. I am um I'm kinda envious of the the level of harshness that you can you can exude when doing these. Stephen O'Donnell gets a nine out of ten for me, just kinda again sticking with our sort of thing. And I am adding the points basically in the exact same rationale. I mean, I've given all my reasons before, but on, on that rationale, I am totally, totally happy to give that extra point for, for the exact same reason. So I am rounding mine up to a nine, and I think deservedly so, because I couldn't do that. <laughs> like I, As a human being, I, I could not... I think... You would either go one of two ways. You would either look totally crumble and have another nightmare of performance, particularly up against players of that standard, or you would go the other way. You would be overly determined and maybe get sent off or, you know what I mean, just like start yeah. hitting shots for, in situations you shouldn't or, or throwing crosses in, you know. But his decision-making was spot on. It was so composed. He was disciplined, and I, I, I say, it's a credit to his mental fortitude because he did everything to to the letter that he had to do. He didn't go overboard with anything. He didn't go underboard. It was just, it was a great performance all night from him. 
Aye, no, completely agree. Shunting one along in the the back five, McTominay. Scott McTominay. I always go right to left with these things. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Some folk go left to right when naming teams, and it's not that I am biased between righties and lefties or anything like that. A lot of my favourite players are left-footed, Lionel Messi, for example, Diego Maradona, but I am very much uh, a right-to-left guy when naming a team. Anyway, yeah, Scott McTominay. What are you giving him? Listen, everybody knows that I love Scott McTominay, McSauce. He's my boy. Absolutely love him as a player. Um, you know, he's, he's he really is Rolls Royce. Um, didn't have the best performance against the Czech Republic, but I think he again, like Stephen O'Donnell, he raised his game when it when it mattered, and he, he put in a, a stellar performance, bar you know one one wee mistake, but it didn't come to anything, so we don't really focus on it. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, a great performance from Scott. Uh, Put into that defensive position again, where I think he really excels. Um, didn't really do too much right. Didn't really do too much wrong. Um, I, I think the the one that really bumps the score up for me a little bit was at the end and the, the scramble. He just threw himself right into that to say no chance. Yeah, you know I might be English, but you're not scoring. And then um, the way he just put himself right on the the firing line was was sensational. So for that that reason and a performance as well, uh, he's going to get a seven. Seven, okay. Again, I think that's um, mm, is that a bit harsh? I mean, you went into the realms of half points the last time, and I kind of feel inclined to just give a better rating than you. But I actually think a seven's fair for him. Um, on the note that he's English. I put out a tweet a few weeks ago, I think it was during the Luxembourg game, where I said, English accent, but Scottish face. Like, you no, can no. tell he's of Scottish descent with that. He was raging that day, wasn't he? He was <laughs> fuming that day, and I loved to see it. I thought, he's going to absolutely batter somebody in a minute. It was just, just sensational. I loved it. Uh, no, I think a seven's fair for Scott McTominay. I think he applied himself really, really well. He, he showed that bravery and determination that you would expect and I mean to, to sort of hark back to what I said in the last pod he did look like a Man United player in the Scotland team albeit not the, the Darren Fletcher type because he's a lot more tenacious and stuff than Fletcher, Fletcher was more of a kind of classy ball playing midfielder but aye, I, I, and I think like you is his ideal position for Scotland it maximises his attributes because obviously playing in defence the way the modern game is you're going to see more of the ball and I think having the ability to come out with the ball is really important. And the axis of him and Tierney both able to drive out and, and come out with the ball and pass it and distribute it. And then Billy Gilmer, who we're going to get to just with, with, with the way he can move a football around a pitch. I just think that deep area, Scotland, are really, really good now. And it's not the launch it to the front man and hope to feed off scraps. It's actually building through the phases of the pitch and phases of play, which is, is much, much better. Um, Grant well, Hanley, I'm going uh, first on this one. I don't know if you want breaking news or not, but uh, Billy Gill tested positive for COVID. You are kidding me, Owen. Uh, it just says here, it's on uh, Joe. It just says uh, Scotland's Billy Gilmore test positive for COVID-19 uh, and will likely miss the rest of the campaign. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that's brutal, mate. That's just killed me. I've just seen it. <laughs> that is, uh, that's not great. You know, when you, 
you look at it because oh. uh, well, we'll come on to rating them in a minute. But I oh, uh, we'll just get through the rest of these ratings. But the the happiness has just been sucked out of me instantly. There, uh, oh. it's just the SFA have just tweeted the Scotland national team have just said we can confirm Billy Gilmore has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Having liaised with Public Health England, Billy will now self isolate for ten days and therefore miss tomorrow's uh, UEFA Euro twenty twenty group D match with Croatia. At Hamden, uh, it's a bit of a better. I'm got I'm gutted about that. No, no, I mean it's right to do that because anybody watching this podcast will will want to know that. So, yeah. um, hi, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just an emotional wreck on this. By the way, for anybody, <laughs> it's just like going for happiness to sadness, like. Holy bipolar. Um, going to get back into the, the mind space of being happy. Grant Hanley is a 9 out of 10. Harry who? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Could have had Harry Potter up front. There'd have been no magic. Just had him in his pocket. And it was really good to see because, as we've alluded to before on the pod, mate, there's a lot of misconception in, in, among Scotland fans about Grant Hanley. And I think finally, I think finally he showed... Scotland fans, everything that he's all about. And every Norwich fan in, in the land thought he was man of the match, but yeah. Billy Gilmer was, was man of the match. Grant Hanley's getting a, a nine for me, mate. What are you giving him? Uh, listen, it was a great performance from Grant Hanley. That's the second performance in a row where I've really looked at how he's played and I've thought this is a solid performance, a stellar performance. He didn't put a foot wrong all night. Um, he defended well and he, he kept Harry Kane out the game. However, saying that you you look at Harry Kane, yes, he's a good striker. However, people overplay his uh, his ability and uh, like to pretend he's better than a certain uh, Polish striker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, listen, I think I think Harry Kane's overrated. I think he always has been overrated. However, it doesn't you shouldn't underestimate how hard of a player he has to play against. And uh, Grant Hanley put in a, a top performance, marking him out the game so much so that he had to be substituted. So for me, uh, the Rating I'm going to give Dan Hanley is a eight. Well, fair enough. That seems um, that's in keeping with our usual format of you being one rating point less than me. Um, Kieran Tierney. Um, listen, uh, we we all seen how Tierney uh, his loss against the Czech Republic sort of impacted uh, the the game. It was a massive loss, but bringing him back in for Wembley was was brilliant. He didn't put a foot wrong all night. He was exceptional uh, in the extreme and defended really well. Uh, didn't put a foot wrong. Um, just trying to think, he you know he carried the ball really well. He linked up with Robertson on a few occasions really well. Um, so yeah, on on that basis, an eight. Yeah, actually in agreement with that. I think it was good. I think yeah, having Kieran Tierney in the team, Billy Gilmer's obviously a massive um, going to be a massive loss to us. But I don't think he's as indispensable as Kieran Tierney is. And I'm sure if you speak to Steve Clark, I think he he will believe that we can handle the loss of Billy Gilmer a lot better and I mean it makes sense we've got more midfielders that are good players than we do defenders I mean he's basically th- threading a defence together through tactical ingenuity playing a midfielder and a left back there I think the the dynamic of sort of Tierney and Robertson bombing down the left maybe given the nature of the opposition wasn't quite as prominent as it maybe could have been and, and would have been I'm sure 
against the Czechs had Tierney been fit. But Kieran Tierney's a defender with poison. In my opinion, he's the best defender on that park. See, in, in terms of his overall ability, defensively attacking. And, I mean, the one thing that Kieran Tierney's always had, I've said this a few times, is... You know that thing of when do you step up and press an opponent and when do you stand off? Kieran Tierney's intrinsically known to do that since he, he was 16. You know, like you've always seen he's just it's just an innate thing in him. And at centre-back, that, that's a really important facet of his game. I think, I mean, if I was being really harsh, I could have said you, you could maybe do more going, going forward, perhaps. But, I mean, he's playing centre-back. He brought poise, he brought assurance, and was defensively brilliant. So, I it's an eight from me as well. Which brings us on to the skipper, Andy Robertson. What did you think of him? Uh, listen, oh, sorry, two seconds. Um, That's all right, mate. I'm, I'm just texting uh, the wrong person. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. I'm seeing um, I'm seeing a lot of reaction coming into the, the Billy Gilmer stuff as well. Uh, um, I, I've just seen that. Listen, there's no close contact, according to Raman from STV. Uh, so, I mean, that's a that's a positive. You you would you would say, well, <laughs> pardon the fun. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that, that's a positive. Um, but listen, uh, Andy Robertson put in one hell of, hell of a performance against the Czech Republic, arguably his, his best performance in a Scotland shirt um, against England. That was replicated. I, I thought he was he was fantastic on um, Friday night, and he, he really minimised the the threat of of all the the attacking options that that England had. Uh, didn't put a foot wrong, and again inter- uh, intertwined with. Uh, Tierney and dovetailed really nicely, um, and and just like the the rest of the defence, um, I, I, I rate him highly and give him an eight. Fair enough, mate. That's uh, that's fair enough. I'm I'm same rating actually. Again, uh, I think we're, we're finding a bit of joy in, in joint eating players. I I gave Andy Robertson an eight against the Czechs. I gave him an eight the other night. I I just think he's wholeheartedly a Scotland captain. I, I just think every bit of him. Post match as well, the, just the way he, the words he used, the, the way he conducts himself, it's it's just befitting of of a skipper. And I mean, he's obviously quite young to be a national team captain. It's just given the the amazing trajectory his career's taken, proper Hollywood story, rags to riches, and I, I think he he just embodies the role of being the Scotland captain now. And I think. I, I'm I'm just really proud of him. I'm proud of them all, but I'm, I'm dead proud of him. Again, my only thing would have been maybe a bit more going forward, perhaps, and that could have bumped it up to a nine. But no, I think um, I think I'll, I'll stick with an eight as well because I think he was really good defensively, organised the team well. You could definitely see him talking like whenever there was like sort of short breaks and stuff. He he was the one that was going over and, and seeing what he needed for the midfielders, you know. And I think, um, I I think it was, I think it was really, really good assured captain's performance. What you would want eight out of ten for Andy Robertson. Um, which now brings us to the next one, which is Billy Gilmer. <laughs> uh, now looks altogether different, given that this is probably going to be his only appearance at the tournament. Yeah, hopefully if Scotland can beat Croatia, then uh, hopefully not. You know, he might be back just in time when we we, we go and face someone else. But 
listen, a, a bitter blow, uh, considering the performance he put in on Friday night, and he, he you know, considering that when it, it was, ugh, trying to get my words out, considering that was his first um, start for Scotland, and he, he was man of the match. Um, it really, really is a bitter, bitter one to swallow. However, no close contacts have been identified, which is great. So he's he's just he's he's the only one that will have to self isolate, which is a positive, um, within a negative. But listen, there's there's players in there that that can do the job that the Gilmore did. You know, your Armstrong. A wee bit, but no as well. No, nobody, well. nobody, nobody can play. So what Billy Gilmore did is he has that ability that he zips a pass forward, right? Yeah. And what when he's under pressure for even two or three England players, right? What any other player, and I would say just about any other player in the Scotland team would do in that situation is they would play a pass maybe to the fullback or, or backwards. He's zipping passes in that that get you on the turn and attacking England. You know what I mean? Breaking that press time yeah. and time and time again. We zipped passes that are played with the correct weight. And just, I mean, given that he's only just turned 20, it's incredible the assurance that he shows He's just naturally an amazing footballer, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal, and I was going to give him a nine and a half out of ten, but given that it might be his only performance at the tournament, I'm bumping that up to a ten, and I just think like, it was a record number of passes at a major tournament for a Scotland player at 20 yeah. years old in your competitive debut, and also your first start, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I had a rating that I was going to give him but before we came on on air today. Um, I'm, I'm not going to change that rating just because he's he's ended up out with COVID. I'm going to give him a nine. Um, I, I think him and O'Donnell were the best two players on the park for, for Scotland on Friday night um, and both did their, their job superbly. Um, so I am going to stick with a nine. Uh but hopefully it's not the last time we need to, to rate him at the tournament because here's hoping oh, he's still no. through. Mm, no, it's um, I, it's, it's pure put a semi downer on this man, but oh, it's just Scotland, isn't it? Like it's never going to be straightforward, man. I've just yeah. um had a text from my, my old man, by the way, and he, he said um about how there's no close contacts, and he went well. Uh, that'll be good news for England because uh, not to get absolutely anywhere near him on Friday night. So, <laughs> so they'll be happy about that. Um, Spot on, Stephen's old man. But yeah, listen, real gutter. But listen, we're Scotland. We never do anything easy. Nah, no, no, none's ever easy, man. Um, I no, I think um, I think Billy Gilmore was was phenomenal, and I, I can't use superlatives high enough for his performance he's going to run the Scotland midfield for 15 maybe 20 years he's he's unbelievable footballer yeah. um, let's talk now about Callum McGregor drafted back into the starting lineup. how did you think he performed Callum McGregor had an absolutely uh, horrendous season at Celtic um, and a, a sort of season that, that many Celtic players had um, but I thought Friday night I thought he rocked up to, to Wembley with that old swagger that Callum McGregor used to have and he absolutely did his job, uh, did not do anything wrong, was, was there always making a pass, always willing to take the ball, always willing to run um, never played a safe pass mind you, you know, everyone always talks about how he's a safe passer but he, he had some nice passing, um, had some nice movement, he played well um, 
and I'm going to to give him a seven out of ten. I think a seven is fair. I think a seven is fair as well for all the reasons that you just said. Um, McGinn, John McGinn, super John McGinn. Uh, outstanding uh, player and one that, that Scotland are really becoming to rely on. Um, but just like Callum McGregor, he didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, did his job uh, extremely well. Um, but, I, you know, I can't really I look at how Billy Gilmore played. He's the best midfielder on the park. Um, and for that, John McGinn played well enough that he gets a seven. It's the same with me. The one thing I would like to see him do, uh, which would have bumped it up maybe to an eight, is obviously in the sort of the World Cup qualifiers and, and towards the end of the last Euro campaign, he's become Scotland's current talisman, hasn't he? Like in terms of goals and in terms of those late runs into the box, and. We only we were all, now granted it was England. It was a tough game, but we're only seeing flashes of that. I want to see him do that consistently over like the best part of ninety minutes. I want to see him getting into the box and influencing things at the top end of the pitch a wee bit more. And he's got a couple of guys that he can combine with now, you know, and Adams and and Dykes. And I should say, by the way, I think Scotland should absolutely stick with those two in every game now. Like, I hope Steve Clark doesn't revert to a midfielder or, or two kind of tens again. But at the same time, Steve Clark, you're the boss, mate. I'm not going to tell you how you do your job. I um, think, I think mm. sorry, just quickly, I know we're running out of time, but I think obviously with Bill Moore, Bill Moore, Billy Gilmore being out, I really hope he doesn't take McTominay out of defence and slot him back in there. I think mm. your midfield has to be McGregor. McGinn and Armstrong. Um, if I'm yeah. being I don't want Ryan Christie anywhere near that squad, by the way. Um, I, I, I'm, out I'm sick to death of Ryan Christie. Great player on his day, but he's not had his day. Uh, and since Serbia. Yeah, since Serbia. So, yeah, listen, has to be Armstrong. Um, but, yeah, I, listen, people can be down about Billy Gilmore. That's fine. But it's Scotland. We never do it the easy way. So, I'm, I'm still buzzing. Still. Right up for this. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to digest the news, but obviously having something like that kind of break during this stream is 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 kind of set it in a slightly different tra- trajectory from what we might have expected. Um, yeah, I'd, I agree with your rating for for John McGinn. Uh, I, I think I think it's accurate. I just I would like to see a wee bit more from him. But on, on to that front too. Now uh, we have Shea Adams that we'll look at first of all. Now, Shea Adams impacted the game a bit when he came on against the Czechs, but I just think, and it's almost like we should rate them as a pairing, I think, Adams and Dykes, because they are absolutely, we just dovetail so beautifully. Adams dropping in, moving into the channel, Dykes stretching it as the, the target man. It just works so, so well. Just gives a couple of goals, lads. That's that's all that we're really we really need to add to it. But I thought Adams with his application, his dynamism, his movement, outstanding, and and, and has brought a whole new dimension. Uh, another thing I said in my poem, um, he's brought a whole new dimension to that Scotland team, uh, and I'm I'm so happy we've got him. He's the he's added a certain je ne sais quoi to to the whole the whole operation. I think. I, this is where people are going to say you're far too harsh, Stefan. But listen, I like the way Dykes and um, Good game, I'm a 
<laughs> I like the way Dykes and Adams pair together. I think they do dovetail wonderfully. Uh, Dykes with an, uh, the head on, the knock on, and De uh, Adams to be able to capture that ball. However, I don't think enough of that was done on um, Friday night. I thought uh, Tyrone Mings and John Stones coped fairly well with the threat of Dykes and Adams. Um, Adams had a good couple of opportunities to put Scotland ahead. Uh, one where he completely mishit the ball, um, and the other when O'Donnell shot, Pickford saved, and he headed wide. I think um, I know it was a it was a split second he had to react to it, but you're wanting your striker to be able to do that. Um, he came on and changed the game on uh, Monday last Monday a week ago. Today he came on and changed the game well, but I I don't. I don't want to sound too harsh, but I don't think he did enough against England. He, he had opportunities. I think he just snatched mm. at them. And had he taken time, um, could have had he taken about a, a second or two to compose himself, could have been looking at a different uh, scenario here. But listen, for me, she Adams, he... <sighs> People are going to say it's harsh, but he's a five. Oh, your your gig doing the ratings for the Croatia game could be in jeopardy here, Stefan. Um, <laughs> that's if you're available, by the way, mate. I'm not <laughs> um, I no, I, I think that's OTT in the extreme. Um, you, you were kind of talking about them as a pair there, so I'll let you do your Dykes rating. London uh, Dykes again. He did he did his job well of knocking the ball on, but. Again, I don't think we've seen enough of it. We were all talking before the tournament that Lyndon Knights can ragdoll. I think it was Harry Maguire we all mentioned, but he he obviously got injured and or inevitably uh, got the fear of Lyndon Dykes and decided to say it. <laughs> um, so John Stones and Tyrone Mings came in and stepped up and they dealt with him admirably. They, they dealt with him well. He, he didn't really do too much that, that would really petrify them. Um, the main job of a striker is to score goals and, and he didn't. Um, he's. I'm not going to quite rate him a three, but I'm going to sit him with Adams on a five. Uh, although they dovetailed quite nicely, I, I don't think they. I don't think they, they did enough as, as a straight partnership that you, that you would want. Um, and I think anything more than a five is just me pandering to the crowd, and I'm not willing to do that. Wow, I think they worked really well. I thought there was great endeavour. I think they could have. I think there could have been a bit more poise in and around the box, but I see that as a rem like something that can be remedied. I think Shea Adams' movement was superb. I think Lyndon Dykes was fantastic in his role as the target. I do agree about the kind of composure element a bit, but at the same time, I think they were both intrinsically valuable to the functioning of the team as a whole. So they're both getting sevens off me. Like I, I just think they were, they were. I don't think they were not on the level of a, a Callum McGregor or a John McGinn. I think they were uh, on on that level during the game. So that's why I, I would I would stick them in the the same thing. And I'm going to revise an earlier rating. I'm going to put Scott McTominay up to an eight, um, because I feel that that when I look at that and I look at the other players that have rated a seven, so Marshall McGregor, McGinn, Adams, Dykes. I thought McTominay was better than them. So yeah. I'm bringing him up to an eight. Um, that's, that's us for the, the starting play eight. And we have sort of five minutes to quickly go through the substitutes. There was Stuart Armstrong and Kevin Nisbet came on. Um, just just quickly. And any thoughts on them? To be honest, I think they, they kind of paled a wee bit just 
given the the way that everything else was, was was sort of going in the game, you know, like I don't think they were particularly prominent. I think Armstrong yeah. was all right when he came on, and I think he definitely showed enough that that midfield three that you mentioned could work in Gilmer's absence. Although, were Billy Gilmer available, absolutely, I would start with the exact same team. Um, I think for me, I don't think I've seen enough to be able to give them a fair rating. I think this happened last week as well, where there was some subs I, I couldn't physically say they, they did anything right or they did anything wrong. So for that basis, both, I'm going to give both a, a five. Um, just I, I think Sky rated in this bit and gave him like an, an in dash A as if not applicable because he wasn't on long enough. Don't want to do that. So I, I'll hit them with a, a five. But um, I thought Armstrong played well when he came on. Um, and he, again, it just gives me confidence that he can slot into that midfield and replace Billy Gilmore um, on on Tuesday Tuesday night. But listen, I, th- I don't think any, anything over a five again, I don't think would be fair. But anything below uh, would be totally unmerited. So. It's a five. So it's a five. And what about Nisbet? Uh, again, the same. Couldn't, I couldn't. just did the same for the same reasons. I'm, I'm going to stick with fives for them because I just... I mean, I didn't want to do the thing where I rated... Actually, I'll give Armstrong a six, I think, um, just on the basis of, of kind of rating that. Now, that brings us to the boss man, right? So we have Steve Clark. Wait, you rated him a 4.5. Yeah. <laughs> on the scale against the Czechs, and I rated them a five, which I now feel pure guilty about <laughs> um, in, in some ways. But I, I think, to be honest, it was merited given the, the, the sort of whacker kind of ingenuity in terms of the second half with the substitutions and stuff. Uh, I'm giving Steve Clark, and I'm going to take your lead, and I'm going to go with an 8.5. Uh, for, for how I'm rating his, his job in the England actually do you know what no mm, no I'm, I'm bumping up to a nine because I think I think he got his team spot on the team was leaked earlier in the day uh, which <laughs> I suppose you could argue shouldn't have happened um, know that you would necessarily put that at the manager's door but I saw the team earlier in the day and I said if this is the team because I knew he was going to stick with Stephen O'Donnell uh, and just because he was the experienced option and the dependable one at right back, and he knew what he could get out of him. And I, I knew that he knew his character to bounce back for that. So I, I was confident he would do that. And then I saw the team, and I thought, he's absolutely nailed this. He's made every change that I would have, except maybe, like, obviously, I, I would have been inclined to fling Patterson in. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Got yeah. the team right, had them motivated, had them disciplined, had them ready to apply themselves and went out and gave my favourite performance that Scotland have done in a major tournament in my lifetime. And the only thing that stops it being a 10 out of 10 is the fact we didn't win the game. If we'd won the game, he would have been a 10 as well. The the thing about Steve Clark is he always sets up his team not to lose. Um, and I, I think that's one of the, the most admirable facts about him is that he, he does set up so well. The, the team choice was questioned by many, especially the inclusion of Stephen O'Donnell. But he doesn't give a toss what people have to say. He's the man that makes the decisions and he, he stood up and, and made the, the the decision that he felt he needed to by keeping O'Donnell in. It paid off. It, it worked wonders. It, it it was a great decision. It was leadership and the the sort of the extreme he, he really showed how much of a, 
a good leader and manager and coach he is, not just on the football, but also on a personal level with, with Stephen O'Donnell. So, listen, it was a great performance by Scotland. They followed his game plan to a T. Um, and, yeah, bar, bar the win, I think he got everything right, but I'm not going to take uh, any points off of him for not getting a win because I, I think going to Wembley and playing the way that we did was was a win in itself. So, listen, I'm going to give him the, the highest rating of all. I'm going to give him a 10 because I, I don't think he got anything wrong whatsoever. Um, it's it's a performance to build on. So, yeah, listen, 10 out of 10 for Steve Clark. He didn't put a foot wrong. And um, I, I'm just chuffed he's, we've got him as manager because a lot of people underrate him. A bit, I know, totally. A, a, a bit like... Uh, a bit like Scotland going into that game against England, my reaction to that. I did not know that you had a 10 out of 10 in your arsenal, mate. That's, um, that's definitely set the, the, the cat among the pigeons a wee bit. <laughs> a, a less cliched turn of phrase. But yes, mate, what we're going to do is I am... Um, so for anyone that's watching this and has enjoyed it, then please do subscribe to the Tartan Daily, which you can do on podcast players. You can also make sure and do... Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can see all my content, which is streaming once every day, or given that I've no managed to get one out yesterday due to internet issues, I'm doing two the day, which I'm going to flip right on to next. So I have Adam Miller, Mr. Old Firm Facts himself, is coming on, uh, and we're going to talk a bit more about the kind of banterous stuff and, and things like that around it, and maybe a bit about the TV coverage, which he's always got some very, very humorous thoughts on. But Stefan, if people want to find you, where can they find you, mate? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Stefan Carlin. And if you um, obviously want to listen to Dave Stefano Talks when it comes back in August, at Dave Stefano Talks on Twitter. Um, yeah, so you can find me over there on both. Excellent. Make sure and do that, everyone. And you can obviously subscribe on the wee instructions in the ticker. I'm now going to play my outro video, but thank you very much. No Scotland, no party. Thank you for watching today's Tartan Daily. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be doing each of these every day during the Euros, as long as Scotland are in the tournament. Remember, you can find me, I'm Hodgey the Hack, that's H-O-D-G-E-Y the Hack, on all social media. So that's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you were watching the stream on YouTube today, then please remember to hit the bell for notifications of future streams. And if you're listening on the podcast, then you can subscribe on your major podcast players and please give a rating or a comment saying how much you enjoyed it. And remember, if you're enjoying these podcasts, then please share them with all your friends. Thank you very much for watching or listening. And remember, no Scotland, no party. <laughs>